and welcome back to beautiful Guthrie on Hit the Bricks. Everything that's interesting about Guthrie, Oklahoma, we don't have a jingle yet. We talked about having a jingle last week. Like when we leave the show, we have a little coming home, coming home. Yeah, coming but we don't have like a Hit the Bricks jingle. Yeah. Do, do, do. Uh, yeah. Jim Garland last week said he could maybe help us with that. Do you write jingles? No. No. Okay. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not I love music. I'm just not musically inclined. And that's okay. exactly. Hey, same team. Finally, a team member this week. Justin has all these music friends, and I sit here with no music knowledge at all. And I, I'd be a great producer. Yeah. So, so we're here with our non-jingle writing friend, Drew Tekel, uh, from Prairie Wolf. Drew, it's good to have you here today. Thank you. Thank um, you very much. Just so you know, people actually do watch this and give feedback, and like well, when nice. like. Like I made thirty four mistakes last week, okay. and just made two, and they they all remind me and tell me how I can be better and all that good stuff. So people actually watch and listen. I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, the feedback. Yes. Good luck. They're a rough crowd out there. It's a big quality improvement department. Please send all comments to Justin at Guthrie. Yeah, yeah. And then our Google expert uh, Burla's gone, so no pressure, Aaron. I know we're gonna get so many things wrong today. So Aaron. Uh, it's gonna to have to run video camera, uh, microphones, and Google. Yes. So. By the way, Aaron does a great job on adding the graphics. Doesn't he? I go back and uh, watch you, and uh, those are really good. Right. Yeah. Good put, job, Aaron. Put, yeah. put a little goatee on you. Uh -huh. <laughs> Aaron does a fantastic job of capturing all of my hand gestures. Yes. Like so, when I go off camera, he has to kind of follow my right hand or whatever. Yes. Um, it's weird because there's always those things as you watch or listen yourself and I have to I have a bad habit of saying here or there mm. I have to say you because I no. just said right there and I have to stop saying that that's the thing it used to be ums ums and I still do it and I've gotten better with ums uh -huh. but you know you know that was funny right there or you know you know uh, yeah, over yeah, there uh -huh. or, you know, uh -huh. way too many here's and there's yeah. I'm an um guy so you know. I'm an um guy um, if you're just listening to us, like I do, give lots of like wild hand gestures yes. the entire time, so you're missing out if you're just a, a podcast listener. Sorry, sorry, Dan. I like the the car oh, drove real good. Yeah. <laughs> I need to start announcing my hand gestures for, the, for just the podcast folks. So like, uh, broad gesture to the left, and here we go. Just, I always thought it was only sign language for our deal, but um, for. Our, so Drew, uh, yes, Prairie yes. Wolf. Yes. Uh, uh, good things are happening with Prairie Wolf. Lots of good things. Yeah. yeah, lots of lots of expansion. We've officially passed the year mark since we acquired it last year. So we start distributing to the great state of Texas this month. Kansas starts next month. By the end of the summer, it'll be Colorado, Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, Florida, and potentially Georgia. Oh, you started sweating while you were listening those up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, if, you, if you noticed, we, we do have a temporary building right now because we are going to be starting our expansion uh, here by the end of summer as well to expand the facility. Um, Hopefully, we're fingers crossed getting a, uh, going to be opening a tasting room um, and merchandise shop, um, either on the front side of the building or across the street. We've been um, been in the talks with that. So yeah, definitely lots of movement happening, um, you know, at Prairie Wolf and, you know, all positive things. That's that really exciting. So distributing, like, tell folks about, like, like 
what exactly you're distributing. Yeah. What's 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 Prairie Wolf have available these days? We're Oklahoma and Wentz, right? Yes, Oklahoma and Wentz, corner of it, the big white building. The um, new backdrop for uh, Redbrook Knights. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, we we are very um, grateful that that Guthrie chose you know us as the backdrop. It was my suggestion. They acted on it. Go ahead. Uh, thanks, Chris. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely. <laughs> Marketing. Yeah, there you go. Home team. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> this bump just happened. <laughs> it's the beginning of amazing yeah. bromance over here. Uh, uh, no, so um, obviously we still have the vodka, uh, the gin, and the coffee liqueur. Uh, we have um, since exited out of the whiskey side of it. Uh, and then last, the end of last year, really beginning of this year, we uh, released the, uh, the rum, Obahoshi, which um, is the reason we bought Prairie Wolf in the first place. Um, and that is a, a really cool, it's called an inland style rum. It has its date, you know, its roots back uh, to the Sugar Act of 1764. Seven, yeah, 1763, 1764. I'm forgetting my Both history. Both good years. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Both good years. Um, when the British were taxing molasses coming out of the Caribbean into the New England colonies, no one likes to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. So they started augmenting uh, cane molasses with sorghum. Um, for those who don't know, sorghum is the temperate climate version of sugar cane. Uh, when you press it, there's a sweet juice that comes out of it. Uh, that juice is cooked down. It makes a molasses. Uh, and we 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 turn that into rum. Uh, we do get all of our molasses out of the uh, or all of our uh, sorghum out of the uh, Seminole Nation in Wawoka. Uh, so we've teamed up with the tribe out there. They grow and produce and process all of our sorghum for us. So another way that we can help try and give back to communities and things like that and, and be really made in Oklahoma. That's a lot of science. Lots of mm. science. That's why my in brother history. does it. <laughs> Yeah, more of the history side okay. of it. My brother does the science thing. Wow. My brother is uh, Eric. Yeah, right? my brother Eric, he is our head distiller and our plant manager. Uh, and he, when I say he's a scientist, he is a scientist. He's got double masters in biochemistry and something else. The science-y. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or biology and chemistry, that's what it is. He's got double masters in biology and chemistry, and so. Um, so what takes place in the Guthrie location? That is everything. Uh, that, that is, is the, everything. That is everything. That's yeah. That's, so everything that we do um, is is done out of this location um, until we get too big, and then we're going to turn that into our museum and tasting room and facility, and then we'll have to. But that's not going to be for a while. We can we can do quite a bit out of this facility. We you know, um, unfortunately, we're we're trying to work with the state of Oklahoma and getting um, the laws changed so that we can have tours and tastings uh, that is a slow moving train that was like <laughs> that was going to be like later in my in the program on my questions about the laws to get, so I was trying to get happy Drew right now before we got into the law talk when me, uh, upset Drew comes along oh no, no, no the, the, <laughs> I mean I've, I've literally only got so two emotions to stutter already. <laughs> I've, I've only got two emotions tickle and rage okay so. alright alright <laughs> So, okay, so how, why, where, why Guthrie? How did that come about? So, um, that was actually our predecessors, the Merritt family, when they, when they started Prairie Wolf, and really the big draw for them was, uh, was one, you know, the historical side of Guthrie, um, and then two, the water treatment facility, if we're going to be honest about it. Uh, you know, Guthrie has the new brand new water treatment yep. facility, and yep. so uh, when 
used when making alcohol, the water is just as important as um, the actual distillate. And so, because okay. that'll add flavor. You, I mean, historically, you look at scotches, like say Glen Levitt. Uh, the Glen means the bank of the River Levitt. Okay. So, you know, okay. all these, all these you know, major whiskey distilleries and stuff, they're all by the water locations. And so, um, and, you know, what they were trying to do is, again, just use Oklahoma at its best and go through as one of the best water treatment facilities in, uh, in Oklahoma. Man, thank you for being here, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> Our city manager is going to watch this and he's going to be like, let's have Drew back next week, every week. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah, that wasn't actually my, my Leroy impersonation. That wasn't an impersonation no, no, it, at all. I don't it, know it, because it wasn't, wasn't really any near what okay. he does, but yeah, good, so I got good, it. Good. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I had like, heard that about like different types of uh, like uh, like whiskey and things about the, what water is used. Mm-hmm. And I never really, I was just kind of like, oh, whatever. But then I went to a, a Scotch tasting where they had Scotch from like different places, all like different regions of Scotland. Mm-hmm. And then the guy who was in charge was telling us about the different different uh, water and elements that would go into it. And even when he was describing, it, I was like, "This is probably BS. This isn't real." And then I started tasting. I was like, "Holy cow! You can actually taste different things because of like there's the different water minerals. You know, yeah. whether it goes through sand or limestone or sandstone or." volcanic rock or you know and it picks up all these trace minerals and that'll add to the flavor of it um you know in when we're talking about like scotch distillers and stuff where they're using open water and, and things like that um you know with for us you know vodka being our main um seller in oklahoma uh you want something as clean and as crisp as possible and so that was what enticed the merits to come out here and I love Guthrie. <laughs> I, since we've been out here, like I, the, the the town is amazing. Right like on. you know, we we really were trying to, and I think both of you guys have seen this since since we got in here. We're really trying to uh, be a, a bigger part of the community. Well, absolutely, and, you sure. know, trying to work with you know the historical society, trying to work with Red Brick Nights, trying to do. We've got some fun programming um, down the road. I can't say too much about it right now. But we won't tell anybody. Go ahead. The, you know, <laughs> off the record. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just say, we'll, we'll just say we're, we're, we're looking at doing something fun at the drive-in. Uh, we are looking at doing something fun along the lines of what happened with the gentleman of the road. Um, and so there's there's some fun programs that we've got in our minds that we're really trying to. Um, you know, bring bring the town and be involved with that because being a distillery, we're really limited on what we can do. You yeah. know, it's there's a lot of not just you know municipality regulations and state regulations, but we've got Big Brother uh, in Washington D.C. looking at us too. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, just the way you guys have been involved uh, in just you know having a presence at different events. You know, even if you're not like selling or giving away things. Like I've seen you guys at so many different like the the farm to fork mm-hmm. fundraising dinner, um, you know I think you guys have donated things for all kinds of different events around town, mm-hmm. and you guys have had a fantastic presence uh, with Prairie Wolf over the last year. So and then and and well, Lucy's been amazing to help us keep us informed of hey this is coming up next month, and so we you know there's her and Tracy have, have been just phenomenal resources for oh, yeah, us and keeping yeah. us in um, what what's going on in Guthrie mm-hmm. so that you know we're we can 
strategically plan uh, what we what we can be a part of and so yeah it's it's been fun you know starting next uh, month we we got approved well we're one of our restaurants got approved to um, be up here so Prairie Wolf will have a um, a little bit bigger uh, showing at Red Brick Nights for the Fourth of July um, so we'll be more and more and more. Right on. You, know. you mentioned the restaurant. You're talking about Osteria, Osteria. in the city. Yeah. Um, and so, like, what's your involvement? Like, how does how do those other things fit in with Prairie Wolf? So, right now, my business partner Jonathan Stranger and I we are um, we have three three active, one in works, and a catering company as well as the distillery. Hmm. So. So this really, I think, you know, Aaron, I think will have some B-roll for our video audience. So do you like put all the ingredients into one big machine? I mean, how's this, I mean, is it come, not pre-packaged, but I mean, how's this, how's this all come together? You kind of explain that process. Sure, so. Because the building is not overly huge. Right. Because we've seen, you know, we've been to some locations with this show and then the machines are like, how do you even get in the door? I mean, how does that work? Uh, there's there's some there's some stills that are four or five six stories tall. Yeah. Um, you know, if you go out to the Bourbon Road in Kentucky, uh, those those facilities, you know, they're they're also on a hundred acres. Right. And they can do whatever you know, they can you know put that in there and it's, mm-hmm. and it's whatever. Um, for us, what we did is we we work with a couple different um, ethanol companies. Um, one is in Indiana, one's in Connecticut. Um, that we have a proprietary uh, mash, uh, which is your fermented, basically, it's basically beer before it becomes beer, before you add the hops and stuff, right. um, that is our proprietary recipe, uh, and they do the initial distillation for us just because of the restrictions of the size of our facility. Right. That's the most space. So if a 300-gallon um, tote of wash will produce about 15 to 20 gallons of usable alcohol. Okay. So you can see what the ratio is there and how much space you need of of fermenting wash to make just a little bit of of spirit um, with all the cuts and everything else. So they do all that stuff for us, and then we go in, we refine it uh, with our still, get it to where we want the flavor to be, uh, and then dilute it down with with the water. you know, that's for the vodka, for the for the gin. Um, we so there's two methods of making gin. Uh, one is called the maceration method, uh, which you basically put all your botanicals in the in a high proof vodka and let all the oils and flavors leach out into it. Think of it making like Earl Grey tea in the morning. Um, the second is called vapor infusion, uh, and we put all the um, we put all the botanicals in a vapor basket that's connected to the still. Then you run the still and the alcohol, the vapor, alcohol vapor goes over, it acts as a solvent, pulls all the oils out, and then we collect it at the bottom. So what's unique, one of the unique things to us is we do both of those um, because of, of our botanicals. Green tea, uh, gunpowder green tea, is one of our main ingredients. And if you've ever, going back to the whole oil gray in the morning, if you've ever left your tea bag in the water for too long, it becomes really bitter and astringent. That's because of, there's a lot of tannins in tea. And so when you're doing this high, high, high temperature distillation over tea, you start leaching tannins out. So what we do to combat that is um, to macerate the tea, basically make a tea base, 
and then vapor infuse the rest of our botanicals over it. That way you don't get that bitterness and astringency that comes out with, with using a tea product. So Did I read too that you, you guys get your tea, is it, you, you get that Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah, tea? It's, yeah there's a, a tea shop off of 23rd Street um, in oh, Oklahoma yeah, City yeah. That, we, that we use and love those girls down there. Christy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What's her, what's her shop's name? Tea Room. Tea Room, yeah. Tea Room, yeah. yeah. I want to call it the tea shop. Yeah. <laughs> I just say, Eric, go get more tea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or, or he says, hey, Drew, bring more tea with you when you... So you mentioned the expansion in Tulsa? Is that right? No? Well, I mean, just I, just our facility right here. I mean, we're, I mean, we're in the whole state. Um, you know, we've got... Um, but it's all distilled here. Yeah, everything's distilled here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. But with, yep. with expanding in your territory in different states now... Like it sounds like you know, if, how much more can you produce, like where you are now? Quite a bit. Okay. Um, I mean, it. I, I say quite a bit compared, like our case volume last you know year over. We have some growing room. Um, there's going to be a point I would say if it all goes um, swimmingly, um, probably four to five years will be. You know, looking at a new facility, um, you know, we we want to keep it up here. I think is the idea, but move it off the main drag and then turn that into a tasting room and oh, cool. retail shop yeah. and you know all that kind of stuff that we can um, you know continue to utilize the the space and and still it still be a part of Prairie Wolf, but have the manufacturing done outside the city you mentioned that your brother is like the mad scientist yes of this outfit um like before you guys uh, bought the business like were you like a, a distillery like was that something that was you were like had some uh you were that guy or did you learn more about it after were you, you a postman were you a mailman before this or <laughs> uh well i got fired from that job okay <laughs> yeah uh I, I wasn't. Really I knew I shouldn't have brought it up. Uh, yeah, I that's, a, that's a dark time in my yeah. life. <laughs> uh, no, I was. You know, I've been in restaurants my whole life, um, and you know that's how my partner Jonathan and I, uh, when I moved back to Oklahoma in 2016, um, you know, my, my father was um, diagnosed terminal with with cancer and uh, wanted to spend some time with him before he passed away, and so I moved back from Seattle, and when he passed, I had every intention of going back to Seattle. And uh, Jonathan called me and said, hey, there's a, there's a project I want to work on with you. And that was um, our first restaurant with um, a separate restaurant group, but um, on Crute and St. Mark's Chop Room. Um, and so I stuck around and we just kind of uh, continued to grow. And my, my background is I have, I have a culinary degree. Um, but I graduated culinary school and immediately went to uh, the bartending and mm. front of the house yeah. side of things because uh, I like windows. Uh, <laughs> you don't get those in kitchens very often. Um, but you know, being able to take what I knew about flavor profiles and food and turn it into alcohol. So I uh, became a certified sommelier. Um, I've got I'm a certified spirit specialist. And so kind of like the whole booze mentality has always been it's a natural progression it was yeah yeah, yeah and, and so um, there was one night um, we were in the kitchen at St. Mark's and Jonathan looks at me he's like hey 
have you ever wanted to make your own booze? I was like, well, yeah, I just don't want to go to jail. <laughs> so, uh, caveat to add to most things. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a thing. That sounds awesome, but I mean, it sounds it like is. an episode of Moonshiners. <laughs> it, it, it kind of it is. Uh, but, you know, we started walking down that path, and, um, you know, actually, I've, we've, my brother and I have known the Merritt family for uh, not forever. I mean, Eric and Hunter were friends in middle school. Um, and so called Hunter and was like, hey, can we take you to lunch? And that's when um, we found out that Prairie Wolf was for sale. And uh, what was started off as like a 24 to 36-month plan turned into a four-month plan. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit expedited. Right on. So... Uh, but yeah, no, it's, I mean, I love doing it, so it's, it definitely gives you a new appreciation for the spirits industry being on the manufacturing and supplier side of it, uh, on the, on the retail or on-premise side of it, um, it just shows up. <laughs> and uh-huh. it shows up and you pour it. There's, a, there's about 3,000 steps that happen between uh, it showing up and it being even produced, you know, working with distributors and... Um, you know, we January we, we signed on with RNDC and they are amazing. Um, they've been super supportive of what we're doing, um, and they're you know they're a national distributor, and so that's been kind of our big um, diving board into expanding outside of of Oklahoma is working with RNDC um, and and all those guys to because they believe you know the Oklahoma guys they believe in us and they they believe in our brand and they think that we could do something great on a on a more national stage like no we need to get you out there so we're we're super thankful for for everything that they've done for us as well have you ever heard of the group April like April Abel. Abel. Oh, Abel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I know Abel. I know Abel well. Like April. No, 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 Abel. Okay. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Very That leads into all the uh, legal questions. Uh So, who's the legal person of this? I mean, how how you go, I mean, when there's a question, obviously they group it. When you have stuff that you want to do, just talk about the law side because there's so many laws that you got to know. And I don't know if you break some to learn the rule or how's, I mean, I just imagine that being a big headache. It, it, I mean, it's it's getting easier as right. as, as we keep learning, uh, but we've got some great resources at the Able Commission um, that that we call, um, and they've been nothing but helpful in answering our questions and saying yes, you can, or we'd really prefer you not to, mm-hmm. and things like that. And so we, when it when it comes to the law side of things, we very much like to ask permission, yes, uh, versus forgiveness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, but no, the Able Commission has been, has been super uh, supportive in what we're trying to do, and you know they've been they've worked with us on a bunch of different things that were, you know, say for Red Brick Nights, for instance. Mm. Um, you know, helping us figure out the best way to, to go about it. Yeah, because it's one of those deals that it, it's a taste and you, you don't want to buy a, a bottle of something without maybe a sample. And I think there's some legislation like, I don't know if it passed this year or not, but for like liquor stores, I think it did, start November, liquor stores can have like small samples of whatever they want mm-hmm. and then you can taste the right thing and go, you know what, I really like that. Like, give me give me the big bottle, you know. Or, you know yeah, they're that, also allowing uh, children in Children in there, no, no, yeah. November 1st as well. Yeah. Uh, but... My no. child could have ordered so much time in the back of a hot car if that would have passed the, you know, 
years ago. I mean, I, I, I feel like that's why I am the way that I am. My, my mom left me in a hot car for... He's one terrible sneeze inside the liquor store, though, from, from buying a bunch of bottles. <laughs> Your friends were like, why are you dehydrated? Oh, mom was at the liquor store again. She, she, it'd be she, any minute she was, now. She was looking for that one bottle. Yeah. And <laughs> no. But that's one thing, you, you know, you guys can't... People can't go inside distillery and say you may no. pace and let me buy you know so. yeah unfortunately right now um you know when when all those and it was of no fault of anybody's when all sure. those laws were written and i believe it was like 2009 2010 uh that allowed for tap rooms and wineries to mm -hmm. do their tasting rooms and things like that there were no distilleries right uh you know prairie wolf was oklahoma's first distillery and that was founded in in 2012 and didn't start production until 2013. So, you know, this is three, four years after all of those laws were written. And so, um, you know, like, well, you know, winery can do it. Like, yeah, well, when they when they wrote it, it we didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so now it's kind of going in and, and working with um, ORA, working with um, the distributors, working with, you know, the legislators uh, to kind of look at how we can um, get some of the some of those rules not changed but just rewritten to to Modified. include you know because there's, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with the rule in of itself uh for the tasting rooms and tap rooms for for breweries and wineries uh, we just want to be included it's it just it has, lots of fomo has there what, were people like you 10 20 years ago trying to do this or has there been more of a push lately because it just seems like and there's people that will argue both sides of this you know you know medical marijuana is now there kids can start going to liquor store. I mean, there seems like a lot of these small things, small rules, laws, to, it's huge for you guys and you're mm -hmm. in the business, but it seems like there's more and more happening. It, it is a bit more progressive, which uh, from our stance, uh, we very much appreciate because that, you know, little bit of leniency, you know, Oklahoma has not historically been a huge alcohol state. Right. Um, I mean, liquor by the drink happened in 1982. Right, right. Um, you know, since then, there's only been one other major alcohol law passed before the, the laws that went into place in October of last year. So, you know, that's, it, it is a slow, um, slow moving ball, but we're, we're working with it, with the state to try and, you know, cause I mean, you look at states like, um, you know, Washington, for instance, there's 70, I think, distilleries in Washington, and like 40 of them are in downtown Seattle. Um, and so, you know, having, and it helps businesses grow. It's, you know, it's, it's more of a, um, you know, they have these tours now, if you go, if you go visit, um, that you can go see all the, you know, there's 10 or 15 distilleries on this tour. And so as this craft revolution in spirits, you know, there's the craft beer revolution, um, the, the the winemaker rock star revolution and now it's kind of going into the spirit side of it yep. uh, where you're seeing a lot of, of micro distilleries and craft distilleries uh, pop up and um, you know being allowed to to do it in Oklahoma is, is great because it helps I think it helps Oklahoma be put on a, a little bit more of a national presence. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, it's just like, it's like baby steps. You know, like, well, I mean, there's beer in Walmart now, and mm -hmm. there's six point beer now in Walmart. It's just these steps that kind of makes what you're looking for, I don't know, easier, but the stepping stone to where you want to be. And the other side of that thing, you know, you mentioned forty 
in downtown Seattle, there's like yeah. one or one or two. You know, one originally here in Guthrie. Yep. I mean, that's more businesses that can come in, yeah. mm-hmm. and you know, adults can be adults. And you know, there's some that are going to be stupid or silly with with laws, but that's more businesses in there. You know, adults make adult decisions. What's wild is that even with all of most the, of the time. <laughs> I said most of the time. <laughs> Leave Aaron out of this. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> like with all of the the breweries that have opened up in Oklahoma, it feels like there are like so many brewery options now. But I read somewhere like the like brewery breweries per capita in Oklahoma is still like we're like you know I don't know I can't remember what it was like we're like forty seventh in the in the country in terms mm-hmm. of breweries per capita. Yeah. And so there's still like tons of room to grow on the brewery side, even though. There's tons of fantastic breweries that have opened up. Sure. Like well, then the the, the 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 Brewers Collective is that's oh, instrumental yeah. in in getting the craft breweries mm-hmm. going, and we've actually reached out to um, a couple of the the brewers down there to do some cool like one-off small production distillate stuff. We either oh do yeah. You know, I got the Brewers Union. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. one downtown that yeah. you can go in the Collective or mm-hmm. whatever whatever it is. But I mean, like, there's there's so many good beers in Oklahoma. It's been now. fun to watch how that place is kind of like <laughs> the, the uh, I think uh, like Elk Valley started in there, and um, maybe Blue Ma- or uh, Black Mesa yeah. I believe did. Uh, Elk Valley did. Um, was Vanessa House? Vanessa that? House was yeah. there. Um, oh, was the other one that I'm thinking of? Just talked to those guys not too long ago. Oh, uh, Angry Scotsman. Yes. Yeah. And yes. so that they've all moved on to their own like st- their own facilities, yeah. own tap rooms, and it's uh, and it's cool to see yeah. how like other um, you know, startups have moved into the the co-op there and and it's, and it's nice to see that happening because you know for for anybody in the spirits and and, and alcoholic beverage industry equipment is expensive. I mean, you know, to get all the right equipment and the bottlers and the canners and the cappers and I mean, there's there's a, a huge price tag that falls along with it. And for a small, you know, from in this case, brewer um, that may not have, you know, a million, two million dollars to just throw at something, it allows them to go in, test product, get it to market, you know, the route to market um, aspects of it, get their name built and then be able to take that um momentum and and take it to a standalone facility and you mm-hmm. talked about all that building up there it's, it all comes down to the final product it does i mean you oh, can yeah. have you can have five million dollars but if you don't have the right taste then yeah, if, if it's it, gone yeah exactly yeah. i mean if, it, if it's if, it, if the product's not worth um drinking or, or following or being a part of then yep. you know which you know you know with with our stuff like i mean we there, there was a few complaints with some of the products, you know, when we came into it and we just looked at it and we're like, okay, how can we actively change it? You know, the gin, one of the things was, was doing the double method with the maceration and the vapor infusion. It takes a lot of that heat off of there. It's not bitter. Um, you know, the, the reformulas, we, I like to say we didn't reinvent the wheel. We just put air in the tires. There you go. So Now, you guys have so many cool spots, but when you... What's one place you've been where you saw your product and go, that's pretty cool? Because you um, guys have, you, know, you guys have had a lot of publicity, newspapers, magazines, shows. But what's one? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, it's funny because yeah. I still get giddy any any bar or restaurant I see uh-huh. that carries either Prairie Wolf or Obahoshi. 
Uh, I'm like, that's mine. Yeah. That's mine. <laughs> that's why I was getting because I'd be the same way. I made that. Um, we, you know, in, in Seattle, because we do distribute up there as well, um, since I have a lot of bar and restaurant connections yeah. up there, it just kind of made sense. Um, there's one of the, the bars that won, um, like, top five bars in the world uh, that carries us. So wow. that's kind of a cool. nice little feather in the cap. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that they that were on the cocktail menu up there and stuff. So I went up and went to went to Liberty and I was like, and I, I wasn't even, I, I didn't even sell, like, one of one of my distributors. They got it and they're like, Drew, we're going to go to Liberty and have a drink. I was like, cool. They're making an Obahoshi cocktail up there. I'm like, Sweet. He, he, didn't, he didn't know you, or didn't know the. He, he didn't. He, he just, didn't know. It was just. It was just. And and those guys up there, like I mean, they they're so talented. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At, behind the bar, they the the stuff they come up with. Um, as a craft bartender, right. I'm in awe of right. what they do. So as a distillery, that's kind of like you know a, a dream come true to to see that happen. Um, are there? Uh, I know with, with with breweries, you've got like the a lot of times it's like somebody who's a home brewer takes forever to like kind of perfect their recipes and they might jump into like a, a co-op space mm-hmm. do that for a while then jump into their own space how does that work on the distillery side are there people right now who are kind of like you know it's it's a, it's a difficult process a little more complicated than brewing probably like legally wide maybe yeah but how do you how does somebody get from like being i would love to figure out how to like start you know, figuring out recipes and stuff yeah. then get into an actual business as a distillery um the unfortunate thing is because owning or having a still that's not registered with the federal government is a felony um you really can't that's complicated it, may, it makes it <laughs> yeah. a bit more complicated like a home brewer i can i can home brew yeah. all day long you know up to i think it's what like 10 gallons or something like that um and you know you don't have to register anything mm-hmm. but as soon as you start distilling it is the you, you've got to let the government know what's going on you've got to be licensed in the state and so for us you know we that was one of the the big selling points if you will for you know a, a, the acquisition with prairie wolf was one it already had you know a name mm-hmm. um you know people in oklahoma already knew what prairie wolf was um, and two, we all, we had the facility up and running, and so you know we had this idea of making obahoshi, uh, and you can't really do anything with that idea until you are a licensed distillery, and so taking that process, you know, shortened time down, um, even with you know the the transfer of all the stuff in the government eyes, you know, a new distillery can take six months to a year to get approved, where you know if you're acquiring it they, they, they do your FBI background check and you know as long as you don't have any super red flags they can start expediting you through so it took us you know a month and a half two months versus a year so it sounds like a startup of a distillery is a like is a more risky venture than a startup of a brewery because they on the brewer side they get more like leeway for like trial and error almost Yes, very much so. Oh, very much so. Sounds terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) There's so many, there's so much marks, federal government rules and all that stuff, which is kind of good because like, I'm going to go start a story, then you start getting, you know, no, never mind. But you, your people who do that are committed to it and they're going to, and they're invested in it and they're going to do. We, and it's, it's, it's definitely a, for the love of the game. Absolutely. You know, there's, there's a lot of passion that goes uh, into what we do in the R&D and we're always 
thinking of new things and throwing terrible ideas. I mean, like, for instance, Obahoshi, we did uh, 36 different renditions of Obahoshi and R&D before we landed on the one that we put in the bottle. Okay. Yeah, some of them were good. Some of them weren't. Uh, they were terrible. Uh, but the idea was there. And so once we had a commercial still that we could work with it on and really see what the outcome and the flavoring. We've got some, some rum in barrels that we're going to be doing, a, um, you know, like a four or five year release. We've got more. I was just talking to Eric today, um, you know, kind of a pipe dream. There's these 600 liter um, barrels uh, that have, that were used for tawny port um, out of Douro, Portugal. And I want to get like, a few handfuls of those and put some rum into it and do a, a tawny aged rum. So I think that would be super good. <laughs> I think the market, it seems like the market for like, everybody else's barrels has exploded over the last years. Everything, like, everybody's trying to utilize some, like, you know, uh, they're used barrels for different things. And again, it falls, it falls into alcohol loss. Like for, um, like for bourbon, um, you can only have first use barrels. So, um, what do you do with those barrels after you Done. use it? Yeah. Um, and so, a lot of them, you know, Maker's Mark, um, I know they sell their uh, barrels to rum makers uh, in the Caribbean as, and also um, Scot, uh, Scotch makers in Scotland because the, the same mm. rules don't apply. Um, but so, we, we are on the end that we don't have to do a first use of barrel if we don't want to and so we get to you know look at finishing barrels or looking at how different flavor profiles are going to enhance or, or augment what what we're trying to do and and we can really kind of hone in on the control of what the of what the end result's going to be like oh we want this to be a little bit sweeter so i'm going to put it you know in a in a in a port or a madeira barrel um, you know, I want it to be a little bit drier, so I'm going to find a scotch barrel. So you wow. can kind of really manipulate and, and play mad scientist with with what it's going to be. Hmm. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what are your, like, um, like, what are your pie-in-the-sky kind of, like, dreams for Prairie Wolf? Not that the 38 states is enough, but go ahead. <laughs> the world. What do you rule the world? Excellent. Excellent. Uh, no, I mean, we, I mean, we're, I mean, all of us are, are I think, very grounded people, and we want to, we want to see, we want to see it get as, as big as it can get. We just kind of want to see where, where it takes us. I don't want to, um, go this is our our end point or um you know once we hit you know x number of cases you know we're you know we're not going to try anymore no i mean we just we we really want to see it's a this has all been a very organic process uh for us um with a really sharp learning curve and um it's it's been it's worked for us so far so i just kind of want to see where that that organic nature of the company goes um I don't want to put any too many labels on it without, you know, having the experience to right. enjoy the ride. Exactly, see where it takes you. Exactly. 
roller coaster, roller coaster enthusiast, ups and downs. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Even for those of us who are in no way involved in your company, for those as Guthrie folks to see like Prairie Wolf products, like you know, I go into a bar and I see Prairie Wolf. I have this little bit of pride. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's Guthrie. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> it's Guthrie water inside that bottle. Right. <laughs> water right that's, that's, that's where that tax money is being used. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, no, it, it's, it is. It's, and as we're expanding outside of Oklahoma, we hope Oklahomans will do the same. You know, you go to uh, the bar in Colorado or, or wherever, and you're like, hey, that's an Oklahoma thing. And it's just that Oklahoma proud. Uh, that, that we really want to continue on um, and, and you know growing up here leaving and then coming back it, it definitely gave me a um, a new respect for the state and really diving into what Oklahoma proud can be one more question for me as far as, as, as in the marketing well one more question I think like is always it's word of mouth is always the best on anything mm -hmm. when you're selling stuff but is it how do you mark what's the best marketing tool as far as getting people to taste it because if i if you go to some bar there's you go to the bar and there's like eighty five thousand options so how do you how what's the best method um word of mouth yeah right. <laughs> yeah right. i mean yeah. that's it that, that's a hard question because i mean that's that's the biggest that's the million dollar question for any spirits company. sure or any uh, business yeah, really yeah yeah so like for for us you know we we go around to um a bunch of different restaurants bars uh nightclubs retail shops if the retail shops are doing tastings we always try to be a part of that and those tastings are open to the public where they can come in and taste a bunch of different stuff um, ask questions we'll be you know we we team up with different bars and restaurants that will go in on a friday or saturday night and just talk about prairie wolf and and let people know who we are mm -hmm. and and yeah. what the products are and um you know it's trying to trying to get people to take a chance on us yeah. uh really and uh for those that have and continue to support us we say very much thank you cool. my last question is kind of on on top of chris's question let's let's just assume that uh that you guys have just completely blown up you're a gigantic company now and you can choose to have any spokesperson you want to be the spokesperson for Prairie Wolf. Let's just assume that uh, Matthew you're, you're, st you're staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> let's, just, let's assume that uh, McConaughey is still doing... Okay, he, so we can't have McConaughey, so my number two then. Yeah, so who has him now? Like, <laughs> is he, he Maker of yeah. the he, Who is he? No, no, McConaughey is uh, Lincoln. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Did he used to do... Like, um, no, because what's her face? Uh, Mia Kunis oh, is yeah, being... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, so which, she's taken too. So yeah, so she's taken too. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know. That's Probably a, um, Nick Offerman. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got some Oklahoma. He did. Well, yeah, I mean so. his wife. Right. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> I bet he would be all over that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I think I, instead of having the scotch, uh -huh. the scotch night with Nick Offerman, to put a glass of uh, Obahoshi rum in there and uh, let's see if see what happens. Like the Dos Equis guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to think of, right. of, of the spokespeople. Now. Oh, Offerman would be perfect, though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like the scene from Parks and Rec where he uh, um, where he gets to take the tour of, uh, uh, I can't remember which Scotch company or Scotch distillery it was, 
but he he like he has that perfect persona to like just like enjoy and it's, it's, it's that very stoic yeah, yeah. and you're gonna pay attention to me even though I'm just sitting in a leather yeah. chair. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> was that one video you did where yeah. he was just sat there and didn't say anything for like an hour? <laughs> he just yeah. sat there and held his whiskey. It was great. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's all on the YouTube probably. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, you can definitely yeah. pull it up. Yeah, he just sits there and doesn't say anything, and they just let the camera roll. Uh, All by for, himself? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah he's he's yeah. just sitting there with the fireplace going yeah. and in his big overstuffed leather chair. Yeah. Just drinking scotch. <laughs> you just it. sit there and watch it? You just yeah. sit there and watch yeah. it. You can't turn it off. Really? <laughs> it's mesmerizing. Uh, it's basically like a more interesting version of like um, the the fireplace like video that you can like put up on your TV. Like your TV is a fireplace. Uh, yeah. um, but it's Nick Offerman. So you think people will like this show better if we just kind of... I mean, we could try it. I'll just bring in a bunch of rum. We'll sit here Look with snifters phone. and just not say anything for an hour. And we might as well try that. See, yeah. what, <laughs> see what happens with the ratings. I'm willing to give it a shot. <laughs> Everybody's shaking their head yes. So. <laughs> that would be interesting. That's the show's all about interesting. Our tagline's not on the on the poster board? It's not. I just realized That's that. embarrassing. Isn't it? Yeah. All right. Drew, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thank you. This fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anytime. Heck yeah. And um, uh, so uh, stop by your place, maybe, like, or check you guys out Red Brick Nights. Yeah, check us out Red Brick Nights. Yeah. Um, you know, ask for Prairie Wolf at um, all of your fine Oklahoma uh, retail and uh, bars and restaurant establishments. Uh, drink more Prairie Wolf. Heck yeah. Yeah. Red yeah. Brick Nights, never heard of it. Right. You have to tell me about it more after. No. All right. Uh, it's, 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 it's a very um, intimate, uh, invite-only event. Oh, no oh. wonder I don't know yeah. anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Except for July when, like, the entire thing <laughs> yeah. shows up. So, uh, yeah. so we'll talk about that more probably in the next like, couple weeks leading up to the July 6th Red Brick Nights. It's going to uh, be a huge one. Hey, Aaron, yeah. get Maggie McClure ready. Yeah, uh, coming home. We'll get her, get her, get her on cue. We're, we're yeah. getting ready, to head on out of the show. Yeah. So we'll talk more about uh, July sixth coming up. Uh, next week. Yeah. That. Fireworks, music, uh, Prairie Wolf. Yeah. We'll see you next Big week. Big event. Coming home. Coming home. Coming home.